Keeping it real with Jared Lawrence. Classic shit. Happy Black History Month. Let's go. Timeless. Forever. Iconic. Uh, DJ Khaled A divine leader Shine brighter Bonita mommy meter Line sniffer Never poetic rhyme writer Chiefer Ebony empress getter Celebrity apprentice A devil show Big up to Africa Mexico Hennessy margarita Venice and eater So dear spread them here Don't be acting innocent either Don't me relax me It's only to the nasty I'm just a phony assassin A lot of niggas owe me I'ma tax them A lot of sisters hold me To something holy and catholic Cause the rosary and gold fashion Just an attachment and accessory To my dress code now everywhere all i see is pablo esco last time i checked i was still breathing my neck was still freezing now everybody got an escobar season to every baby on the album cover existing this trend i was setting it came to fruition i'm assisting to push the culture forward to all my ghost supporters go supporters like a local black owned grocery store cause in the hood shit ain't passed down through blood it's a dub on that we get government aid spend it at they stores putting their kids to college we need balance so we can lease and own deeds in our property So I'm asking G's to go in their pockets The racial economic inequality Let's try to solve it My signature fade with a bevel blade That's a major key I told her she's smart and loyal I like that, that's a major key Start a label, run it, sign yourself Welcome to Keeping Real with Jared Lawrence I'm your host, Jared Lawrence That was Nas Nas album, Done off that DJ Khaled album. <laughs> felt like I had to um I felt like I had to to set the tone for this Black History Month. So I got the idea a couple of weeks ago. I think during this month I'm playing a lot of black uplifting music. Stuff that'll get you motivated, get off your ass, get up, get out, get something. So we started out with that. I already know what I'm ending the show with, man. I'm ready. I've been off for like a week. I ain't going to hold y'all. Been a little busy. But this is a Tuesday, first of all. This is a Tuesday. I'm doing this episode after work. I got a lot to get off my chest. I don't even know if I'm getting the topics tonight. This might just be a whole ranting episode. But this is stuff I got to talk about because let me tell you, these these last like few days at work, have been the most stressful. Um, this has just been super busy, a lot going on. I've been questioning my career path. I don't even consider this a career. To me, this job is more of like a stopgap. You know, I was unemployed last year. I f- had to find something in the meantime. So this job to me is more of a stopgap. And I remember when I first like um, interviewed for the job and I was telling them like, you know, yeah, I could see myself here for a long time, like five to ten years. Now, you know, I, I did in the beginning feel like that, but now I'm more like, I might not even make it to a year. This is too stressful, man. I think right now the goal is to just make it to the end of 2020. So that would put me at like a year and a half. But, man, some of these days make me make me question, like, do I even want to do this? Like, is it, should I just walk away? Should I quit? Which I'm not, I'm never going to tell somebody to quit a job before you have another one lined up. So I'm not going to quit, but bro, I can't keep doing this shit. I can't, I got to find something else, man. I gotta, I gotta, first of all, I get, I gotta get my resume updated. Cause that's probably the biggest thing. The resume is not even ready to go. So got to get that updated. Got to figure out my next move. Cause I'm starting to get into that like uh, entrepreneur mindset where I feel like whatever they're paying me right, whatever they're paying me at this job right now, I feel like I, I can make this on my own. Like I could do do something on my own and make just as much as what they pay me. So I'm just trying to educate myself this year, trying to get myself motivated, figure out what the next move's gonna be, but be prepared for wherever that next move's gonna be. And all I know is I just can't keep going on like this. Because let me tell you, I ain't understand why Mark had all them damn gray hairs, man. But now I'm starting to understand because I've in the last like month, I feel like I've had a few more gray hairs just start popping up, especially on my chin, man. 
my little my little beard thing I had going on with the mustache beard combination. You know, I can't connect on the sides, but the chin and the mustache was on point and it was all black. I'm starting to see a few more grays and I'm like, I don't know. I'm a little uncomfortable with that. I don't like it. So maybe it's stress. I feel like it's work related. Some days work is chill though. Some, ta- some days we don't even really have much going on. So I can kind of relax, but I don't know what the heck got into 2021. But ever since this February hit, it's been out of control. And like I said, I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready for something else. So I'll keep y'all up to date on what goes on there. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to ride it out. I'm, I'm going to try to ride out to the end of 2020. And then I don't think I can go past 2020. I don't think I got it in me. I think this this job is taking too many years off my life. And I got to stop it at some point. I don't want to die early. So I think by the end of 2020, I got to make a move. I got to do something else. Stay tuned. With that being said, um, I didn't even have this on here, but hopefully everybody enjoyed the Super Bowl. Hopefully you enjoyed my Super Bowl predictions on the last episode. I liked calling a lot of random people and it was cool to hear from everybody. I said now, I don't know if y'all really paid attention to that episode, but I did say my prediction was the uh, Tampa Bay was going to win 31 to 28. So I got the 31, right? I just didn't know Kansas City was only going to score nine. That part's rough. So shout out to me for getting the 38 right or 31 right. Well, that's enough sports talk. I am starting to realize that my fan base might be mostly women. So I think I got to cater to my women fan base. Shout out to all the women who support. And I'm going to do this for y'all going forward. I might do some sports here and there like the Blazers. You know, I get nerdy with that every now and then. Shout out to the Blazers. Four-game win streak. I'm not going to get too much into it. But Damian Lillard looks amazing right now. The bench looks great. The rest of the starting unit who's filling in for the injured players look great. I don't want to say too much, but shout out to them. But shout out to the women, too, who listen to this, who enjoy the topics I talk about. And I'm going to tell you all something interesting I'll be doing. Every time I, like, start talking to a woman on a dating app, for some reason, I, I try not to tell them about the podcast. Like, I try to withhold the information. But I always end up telling them about the podcast, and then they start listening. So I, I always have to, like, tiptoe around what I say on here just because I don't want to upset anybody. And I don't know how people will react to certain things. So I'm always aware of what I say on here. But... Yeah, I got to stop giving away. I got to stop telling women about the podcast because I got too many, but then maybe that's building my listenership up. So maybe that helped. I don't know. I feel like women is my base right now. Still trying to come up with a name for the, the cult following. Haven't thought of that yet, but I will at some point. So stay tuned for that. Um, I know a lot of you guys are wondering about what happened Valentine's Day. Did I have to buy a gift? Did I skate through Valentine's Day? Well, let's get into that. So I did not buy a gift for anybody on Valentine's Day. Give me a bomb. No gifts. I got away without having to buy a gift. Now, I did make a phone call. I did make a happy Valentine's Day phone call. I don't I don't know if that's bomb worthy or if that's little kid hooray worthy. But I got out of the gift, so you know what? We'll drop a bomb for the for the happy Valentine's Day phone call. And I'm gonna explain to you guys why I did the happy Valentine's Day phone call. Cause y'all probably thinking, oh, look at Jared getting caught up again. Oh, he's about to fall like Alicia Keys. But let me explain. Let me explain. So a few days before Valentine's Day, I was talking to somebody I met on a dating app. And it was a four-hour conversation. Like, the conversation went really well. We was vibing. I felt like we had a lot in common. Personality-wise, we got along great. So off that four-hour conversation, I said, you know what? I got to do a happy Valentine's Day. Like, I have to acknowledge Valentine's Day after a four-hour phone conversation. Yeah, I didn't think I could skate by with the happy Valentine's Day text. Because what does it look, what do I look like texting somebody happy Valentine's Day after I just talked to you for four hours? Like, I got to be okay with calling you and talking on the phone. So 
I didn't think I could skate by with the with the happy Valentine's Day text. I stepped it up to a phone call. I felt like that was a middle ground. There's no way you could buy a gift after a few days of talking to somebody on the phone. There's just that that would have been wilding. That would have been some like wilding like Nick Cannon, Mariah Carey, where you might be engaged and married in like a month if you're if you're moving that fast. So you know me, I like to move at my own pace. She's probably listening to this podcast. So I don't want to, you know, I got to watch what I say. I got to watch what I say. So I did think the happy Valentine's Day call was um, adequate. And we're going to see where things go with that. Will I shut down the dating? I don't know. I don't know where things are going to go. I feel like I'm giving y'all a lot of information early on right now anyway, but whatever, you know. It is what it is. This is Keeping Real with Jared Lawrence. We're shooting straight tonight. I, so I told you I'm coming on here to rant. We might not even get to any topics. So just buckle up, enjoy the ride. Um, I don't want to say too much more about that one. I think I'll I'll play my cards close to the deck on that situation. Over the next few weeks, maybe I can expound more, but I'll just give y'all that for now. I will say this. I don't think I'm a, I haven't shut down my dating apps yet, but we're going to get to that part in a minute too, because that might be coming on an unrelated note. But it could coincide with all this. So I will get to that in a moment. Just wrapping up the whole Valentine's Day thing. I actually had to work on Valentine's Day. I didn't even really get to, you know, I didn't have time to hang out or do anything but go to work. So that's another reason why it was just a phone call, not like a date or anything. So for me, it was a good, it was good. It was at my pace. I'm, I'm not the type that likes to move fast. So if you know me, you know, I got that fear of commitment. So for me, the happy Valentine's Day call, that was a nice, a nice start to my Valentine's Day, a nice way to get things going in the right direction. So enjoyed it. Work sucked. I, I, I don't even think y'all know what I even do. I don't think I've said it on here. I'm probably still not going to say it. It's just because I don't even know if the people from my job listen to this podcast. And I don't know, you know, it could, it could fall into somebody else's hands at some point and they might hear me like talking bad, but. I'll just say, yeah, it was a rough day at work. Uh, a lot of, oh, I can't even say that. It was just bad. It was a bad day. Yesterday was bad. Today was bad. It was all bad. Saturday was bad. So I got one more day to go to work. I'm just praying for God to give me the strength. And then I got two days off. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to seeing some friends hanging out. Just kind of kick back, relaxing. And then getting back to the grind again on Friday. Oh. Let me get back to the whole dating thing, the whole dating apps thing. So I was at work yesterday, and as I was coming out, I had to walk to my car because I had to go get my toilet paper out of my car. I, I don't know if you guys remember this story. I told you on a previous episode, but I bring my own toilet paper to work just because they have trash toilet paper there. So when I have to go to the bathroom, you know, I got to get my own toilet paper out the car. Probably should have just brought it in with me from the beginning, but I walked to the car to get it. I kid you not, as soon as I opened the door, I had my phone in my hand too. So I'm like reading my phone, my text messages, and I opened the door to go out of the office building. And as soon as I walk out the door, now you already know I'm clumsy. I just start bobbling the phone for no reason. My phone falls. I got this weak ass Android. So, you know, it hit the floor. It hit the ground. It was just like bah! cracks all over. I mean, it's not like I've seen worse cracked phones, but mine is pretty bad. So it falls, it cracks, and then I'm just like, damn, man. Like, I'm kind of mad, but then I'm not because it's a budget phone. It's not like I bought, like, an iPhone or anything. I bought, like, a little Motorola G something, G6, G5. I don't know. So it cracked a little bit on the screen. It's cracked enough to where I don't want to, like, rock out with it for too long. I'm probably going to get a new phone. I've already been doing my research. Shout out to Mark. He's steering me in the right direction. Mark told me three phones I should get. Um, one of them's a Nokia, and I love Nokias, so I think I'm going to go ahead and get that Nokia. I've been wanting a reason to get a Nokia anyway, just because I'm not really an Android. Like, the Nokia's Android, but I'm not really, like, Motorola, um, Samsung. I'm not Apple. I'm not any of those. I like Nokia, so this phone cracked. I'm going to get the Nokia, most likely. But the most important thing about that is now when I get it, I'm, like, debating on, should I put the dating apps back on there? And not, not because I'm like in anything serious at the moment, but it's just more of 
I feel like the phone, my phone falling and cracking was a sign from God. And I'm always looking for like signs from God on what I should be doing in my life. So when that happened, I was like, man, this is probably a sign. I've probably been on my phone way too much. I told you guys, I'm trying to start reading books this year. I haven't really been doing that. I've been spending a lot of time on these dating apps and I've been going on a lot of dates. So maybe it's just time for me to slow down, get back to my, to the basics, uh, get focused again. So I'm debating on when I get my new phone, if I'm going to put the dating apps on, or if I'm just going to ride out with what I got, which means like whoever I know off of dating apps already, if I'll just ride out with like, talking to those people or do I feel the need to want to meet new people? I don't really feel the need to meet new people. Like the whole process of talking to people and trying to build up to just the meeting is, is very time consuming. So right now I'm leaning towards not putting dating apps on my phone on the new, the new one. So whatever I have up until that new phone is what it is. But I'm still I'm still on the fence about that. I'm going to think about it some more over the next week or so because I, I don't feel like I'm at a point either where I'm, like, ready to jump in a relationship. Now, I'm not saying I'm not going to get in a relationship at some point because, look, the way I see things is, like, if I meet somebody and the, the vibe is right, I'm not going to block my blessings. Like, if God is trying to show me something, I'm not going to block the blessings. So, if a relationship finds me, I am open for it, but I'm not like seeking it, you know? So the whole dating thing, I just, it's a lot of work, man. It's a lot of work. I don't know if I want to keep trying to meet new people. I feel like I know enough people at this point. So I, I don't know, man. You guys let me know what you think. Hit me on the email, jlawradio at outlook.com. I haven't even checked that email yet, so... I don't know if anybody's been emailing me or not. I guess I'll have to find out at some point, but let me know what y'all think, man. Let me know if you think I should stay stay with the dating apps. If you think I'm throwing in the towel too early. If you think it's time for me to get off. If you think I've been on way too many dates. Let me know. If you got my number, text me. Give me your opinion on everything. I know Zane's still dying to come on here and give me his opinion on stuff. Uh, speaking on dating, I want to talk about dating versus talking. This has been a real like big conversation with me and some people lately. Like I've had this conversation with multiple people where Joe Budden's the first one who like really brought it to my attention on his podcast. He says the newer generation, I guess the millennials, they consider dating like the serious thing. Like, oh, we're about to be in a relationship. Whereas people my age, when we were growing up, talking was the more serious thing where if you're talking to somebody, you're on the verge of a relationship. If you're dating, you're allowed to just, you know, it's it's not serious. It's casual. You're meeting people. If you have sex, you have sex. But there's no seriousness that comes from dating. Talking is when it's serious. But these newer age people, the millennials, they're telling me that talking is like when you're talking to multiple people and that's more of the casual. And they're telling me dating is the more serious thing. And I'm not ready to, I'm not ready to switch over to that. I still believe that talking is the serious thing. I think dating, you're allowed to talk to multiple people. You're not bound to one person. And for me, I still consider myself dating at this stage. Now, I can move to the talking stage at some point. It's definitely a possibility, but I'm still at the dating stage. But I consider talking the more serious. So if you ever hear me say I'm talking to someone, that's serious. Dating, I'm still, you know, I'm still, I'm still out here. There's no rules. I think I'm still allowed to live like a single person. Funny story. I was at a party. I was at like a little get together a couple weeks ago. And these, these women there were like asking me, are you single? Like, do you have a girlfriend? What, what's up with you? And I was like, oh, I'm single poly. <laughs> That's like my new definition of it. Cause I feel like I'm a poly person when I'm single. Like if I'm in a relationship, I'm going to be committed, but. When I'm single, I try to, I tend to, I tend to be more on the poly side where I don't feel like I have to stick to one person. So I told them I was single poly and they were like, oh, so you a hoe. And I was like, no, 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 no. Doesn't mean I'm having sex with everybody. It just means if I want to have sex with more than one person, I can. And I'm not going to feel bad about it because I'm single. 
and I'm poly. So at this moment, I think I'm still single poly. We'll see if that changes in the future. Everything is uh, subject to change, kind of like the fine print. So don't hold me to any of this. I don't know if I want to get to like serious stuff today. I think I just want to like rant and talk about um, my life and other things. There's a Wonder Years reboot that's supposed to be coming out by Lee Daniels. That's supposed to be on ABC. I don't have a lot more information on it, except that I think it's supposed to be in the 60s. And it's supposed to be a black family this time. So to me, that's pretty dope. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Lee Daniels did the movie The Butler. He's done some other stuff. So to me, a black version of the Wonder Years would be super dope, especially in like the 60s and all the stuff that was going on in that time. I think that would be a really dope. It's, a, it's definitely a dope concept. And I look forward to seeing what happens with that. I know they've ordered the pilot episodes already. So look out for that. Getting back to dating, though, I do want to talk about this real quick. I've been thinking about this a lot. And I'm like, why do I not like being around people? And I'm trying to figure out, like, what's wrong with me? Like, why do I like being alone so much? I feel like maybe this is not normal. And I'd be trying to explain to women, like, yo, I'm just not, I don't know. I need me time. Like, even today, man, work has been so crazy that, bro, I had to take, like, a load management. This is, I had to put myself on load management. I'm like Kawhi Leonard where I couldn't even talk on the phone or text. Once I got home, I had to, like, shut it all down where I need a few hours of myself. I was like, I got to come pod I haven't really podcasted in a long time, so wanted to get over here and talk to you guys, but I'm just wondering why I need time to myself, why I like being alone. The only thing I can really think about is that at my job, I talk. Like, I'm constantly having to talk for eight hours, and I'm around people for eight hours. So I feel like once I get off work and once I get home, I don't want to really be around people. I don't really want to talk to people. And I'm wondering if I had a different job that didn't require all that. Maybe it might be different. Maybe I might feel different, but I got to load manage right now because if I'm around people all the time and I don't get enough time to myself, I'm going to go crazy. So tonight was one of those nights where I was like, yeah, I had to let people know, like, hey, I need, I need some me time. When I get home, I'm probably, you know, if I don't call you or if I don't text, don't get mad, but this is just more about, me finding time for myself. And I'm, I'm just trying to figure out, is that normal? Like, I need to hear, not definitely, yeah, I need to hear back from people on this one. So, like I said, jlawradio at outlook.com. If you have my number, you can text me. Maybe call me. I don't know. I might pick up. I might not. I might still be on load management. But I do want to know my people out there who have jobs that require you to interact with people all day, if you're on a phone all day, if you're on a headset at a call center, like those type of jobs where you're just constantly talking, when you get off work, do you still want to talk to people? Do you still want to be around people or do you just kind of want to be um, by yourself? Are you over it? I'm real interested to know what people think about that. So I'll probably, I'll probably ask my friends that too. Once I start seeing people in the next few days, because that's, one of those things that I'm just interested in knowing, is it just me or is that a normal thing? Next thing I want to say is, let me get back to that topic for a second. Cause I want to say like what has changed in my life. And I think the one thing that's changed is I'm in, I work around people now where before that I was in a car driving all the time and it was by myself. So I love like talking to people and my friends. I would always call them while I was in my car when I got home on the weekend, sometimes I still needed that time to myself, but I don't feel like it was like this where I need more alone time because I didn't have a lot of human interaction at my last job. So I think I was more willing to talk to people where now I'm like, man, I got to pick and choose my spots. I got a lot of times where I just, I'm not in the mood. So I think that's the one thing that's changed is job wise. And that's another reason why I'm like, yo, I need another job. I got to find something else, man. I got to get into a better mindset a better mind state going forward where I get back to my social self. Maybe I'm more ready to settle down. I have a better schedule that allows for like serious dating. Cause everything right now is just kind of tough with the Wednesday and Thursday off and I'll have weekends off. I work till 10 30 PM. It's just all, it's all rough right now, man. It's all rough. Ooh, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about my views on having sex early in dating. 
this is pretty big. I probably should have, I should have did this early on, but if you're still with me, I want to, I want to do a little deep dive into this. So everybody who's listened to the podcast, you know, in the beginning, I was like pretty much anti-sex early in dating. I was like Steve Harvey almost where I said, you need the three month rule. You need to take your time and get to know people. Don't have sex early because they're going to get, not get tired of you, but they're going to, they're going to move on because they've already gotten what they wanted. Now I have to walk this back because over the last few months, my views on this have started to change. I no longer feel like you should hold out on having sex early. I used to say sex wasn't as important in the relationship. You got to have the vibe first. I'm walking all that back. I think you got to have sex early. And I'm going to tell you why I think you have to have sex early. So in the beginning, I said, you got to get to know somebody first. You can have sex later. Like as long as you have that connection first, the sex will come. But I've learned over these last few months, some of it's by my own, you know, being out here and trial and whatever trial and error, whatever you want to call it. But when you have sex with somebody early on, you learn a lot, man. And I think the most important thing you learn is like their sex drive. And I think that's why you have to have sex early because the sex drive that women have, I ain't going to lie. I ain't going to hold you. I can't keep up with some of these women out here. Some of these women want to have sex three, four times a day, bro. I can't do that. I'm 37. My drive is just not the same. I feel like a basketball player who just doesn't have the love for the game anymore. He just, you know, he don't have that same drive. But I do, you know, I like sex. I ain't gonna lie, but I can't go three times a day, every day, like some of these women. It's pretty wild out here. So I think you have to have sex early on just to know what you can handle and what you can't. And I think this is another reason why I say I, I'm not, I'm okay with being the side dude sometimes or being okay with women having another guy. Because if I can't satisfy you, I'm not, I'd be foolish to think you're not going to get that from somebody else or get it somewhere else. So I think you got to have sex early and you got to just be real with yourself. Like, Hey, she likes sex way more than I do, or she likes it more often than I do. I'm not going to be able to satisfy her through a relationship. And those are when you got to start having those uncomfortable conversations. Like, do you want to have an open relationship? Is it a, like the army? Do you want to do a don't ask, don't tell where, Maybe they can go sneak around and have somebody else and you just, you don't need to know about it. Kind of like this woman told me on the date where it's like, don't flaunt it. Don't put it in my face. Don't be messy. But if you need to, you know, get, get it from somebody else, that's cool. Maybe that's what you got to do, but definitely have sex early. Get it out the way. Figure out if you can hang or even on the woman's side, maybe the guy likes sex way more than you. Maybe you only want to have sex once or twice a week. The guy wants to have sex five to six times a week. You just got to know, hey, I'm not going to be able to keep up with that. Maybe you got to have the uncomfortable conversation with him. Like, hey, you might want to get you another woman too. Like, you're the main, but he got to get somebody else for those side things. So, yeah, having sex early is not a bad thing anymore, in my opinion. I've changed my views on that. 24-hour rule is still in effect, though. I still believe in the 24-hour rule. I still think you have to spend 24 hours straight with a person to see if you can be around them long term, especially if you're going on a trip. Don't go on a trip with someone until you've done the 24 hour rule. Don't get in a relationship with someone until you have done the 24 hour rule. I'm also going to say don't don't get in a relationship with someone until you've had sex with them. Some of y'all know you, you celibate and purity and all that. Nah, fuck that. You got you to gotta have sex before you get in that relationship because it could go all downhill from there. If you wait and then you find out that y'all just ain't compatible sexually. So for me, I think in my dating is definitely important to have sex. I mean, it doesn't have to be the first date, but it has to be in a reasonable amount of time before things get serious, which is kind of, I don't know. Some of y'all might think I'm like hustling backwards here, but I'm going to say before it gets serious, you probably got to have sex with them because this is the, this is the thing. And I had this conversation with somebody the other night. If that person's going to dip after having sex early, they didn't really like you to begin with. And they're probably going to dip later on after having sex with you too. So 
that risk is just a risk you have to be willing to take. You can't be worried about like, dang, man, if I give it away, if I give it up too early, there's nothing else. There's nothing else left for him to want. You know, that's not like if your personality is strong enough, you'll keep the guy and the woman. If your personality like or the dude, if your personality is strong enough, you'll keep the woman. So don't be too worried about that part. You know, just live life, man. Be free with it. I don't know, like what else to to say. But be safe too. wrap it up. Definitely wrap it up because you don't want to get anybody pregnant. That's the biggest thing, too. You don't want to get anybody pregnant. But yeah, challenge me on that one if you want. Like I said, you know where to find me. But I'm going to say having sex early is a must at this point. 24 hour rule, though, still in effect. I want to talk about Gorilla Glue Girl, whose real name is Tessica Brown. I want to talk about this because this was like a, this story dominated the headlines last week. And I don't know. I wasn't. At first, I didn't want to really talk about it because to me, it wasn't a, it wasn't as big as everybody made it. Yes, you put Gorilla Glue in her hair and it wasn't like the best, the smartest decision. But she's a black woman. And I feel like when it's a black person, regardless, and they do something, I always got to kind of keep my eye on the non-black people and how they attack the story or how they feel about it. Because a lot of them, sometimes they just be a little bit too happy to talk about it. So I'm looking, I'm like, I got to see if, if you're talking about it because it's a dumb thing or is it you're just happy to really pile on black people and you get a, you get a chance. Because some people I think are like that where when they get a chance to pile on black people and we do something wrong, they can't wait. So I had to, I had to kind of keep an eye out on that with this story, especially at my job. I work at a job where I'm like, it's me and another girl. We're like the only two black people there. And it's a very very blue lives matter place so they all most of them probably voted for trump i don't know so when this story came out i'm chilling at my desk at work one of the girls there is like did you hear about the gorilla glue lady and i'm just trying you know i'm trying to chill man i'm trying not to be in this so she's talking to other people about it i'm just sitting in my desk minding my business but i'm still you know I'm, i got an ear to it because i gotta make sure they don't say no borderline racist shit or nothing where I got to jump in. So I'm listening. And she just starts saying, telling the story. And it's what I said. It's, it's kind of the piling on. But I don't know if it's because the woman's black. Or if it's because they just think it's stupid. They, you know, they try to make it seem like they're mad. Or they think it's the dumb. She was dumb. So that's why they're attacking her so hard. So I'm listening. And they're just going in, man. Like, oh, this girl's so dumb. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, why would you do that? Da, da, da. And then, man, finally, I kind of had to just come to her defense a little bit. Like, well, you know, it was a mistake, whatever. And they're like, ah, blah, 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 blah. Then they just start saying all this stuff that you know is not even true. Like, well, she's, she said she's getting a lawyer to sue and this and that. And the GoFundMe is, she's got a GoFundMe for $20,000. And I, the more I read the story, and this is the thing, I read, I actually read the story. And when you read the story, you you hear them talk to the woman, you kind of get her side of things. And you, at least for me, I got a little bit more compassion because it's like when she initially put the Gorilla Glue thing in her head, she was on um, one of those Internet things. I think it was TikTok asking for opinions on how to how to like put spray hairspray in her, or get her hair like laid like that with the spray because she didn't have the proper thing. And I guess nobody really answered her. So she did the Gorilla Glue spray. And this video apparently was up for a while. So I don't know when it went viral. I guess it went viral after she ended up going to the hospital. But the video was not like that same day. It was an older video. So she had to go to the hospital. That's when it blew up. Everybody's piling on and saying how dumb she is. And look, I'm not going to lie. It was a dumb thing to do. She's 40 years old. Like you should know better than to put Gorilla Glue in your hair. But then I think about things I've done, products I've used where I probably should have known better with a certain product and used it the wrong way. And it could have went way left. I could have ended up injured and I would have wanted that sympathy from people. If I messed up knowing that I probably knew better and I should have read the directions or I, why would I have done something like that? So to me, I thought about that and I'm like, dang, everybody's like killing her for this, but we've all done some stupid stuff. And I think that's where we got to start thinking about like, 
maybe you've done something stupid. Maybe somebody in your family, maybe your brother, your sister, like somebody's done something stupid, your parents, and you would want that sympathy from everybody else. You wouldn't want to keep kicking them while they're down. And I think that's what we got to do as a country. We got to just stop kicking people while they're down. And I try to talk about this stuff on my podcast just to give you guys like a different perspective of everything. But with her, like the one thing was, like I said, that was an old video. It came up. People thought she did it for a clout. She said, no, that wasn't true. Like I literally did not know it was a spray. It's this gorilla goo spray. So I can see her thinking, oh, maybe, maybe it'll stick. I don't know. But she had to get the surgery and it was a, some Nigerian doctor who did the surgery. So at my job, they're like, oh, uh, what did they say? First, they said she had to go fund me, which she does have to go fund me. And I found out I found out that she's actually donating all of the proceeds that I go fund me to the doctor's charity who did the surgery. So that's another thing. It's like y'all saying the lady did it for clout, like she's donating the money. Um TMZ recorded the surgery. They were able to do, the doctor was able to get, I guess, I guess it was getting everything out with the adhesives and some other stuff. But I just didn't like the reaction. I didn't like how some people get a little too excited when it's a black person messing up and they just love talking about it. Like, they're never going to come out and say it. But, man, I don't know. I always feel like I have to stick up for black people once I feel like, they're doing. They're a little too excited to talk about us. Like when they get a little too happy to bring us down, or it's when we do something bad and people are just too happy about it, I, that's when I go into defense mode. I knew the. I read the story. I knew a little bit more of the facts. Uh, the girl at my job, she was just talking like she didn't even have all the facts. Like that's the thing. Everything she was saying when I read the story, it was wrong. It was wrong, or it was partly true. So, like, I'm over here coming back the next day and saying, well, that's not true. This is what happened, blah, blah, blah. Like, And I'm just countering everything. And you could tell, like, she was getting kind of tired of me butting in. But, bro, I, I'm not just going to – I can't just sit there and let y'all come at my queens like that, man. Shout out to the black queens. <laughs> Tuska Brown, I hope you feel better. Don't ever do this again. I mean, I, look, I defended you, but it's tough. It's tough, man. I mean, I got to wear this cape. I feel like Batman. You know, I see the bat symbol. I got to jump out and defend. So hopefully I don't have to defend again over something stupid. But I ain't going to let y'all just keep coming at my women like that. Not at the black women. Even the white people. Like, if, if I feel like people are just piling on a little too much, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defend you. Um, I was watching an interview on YouTube the other day of Alvin Wyatt, former Bethune-Cookman University football coach. And this was a pretty dope interview. It's on YouTube if you want to check it out. First of all, Alvin Wyatt, one of the best dressed, if not the best dressed coach in college football history. Google him if you need to. But, man, I don't think I've ever seen a coach with more swag than Alvin Wyatt. But a couple interesting things I had heard on this interview was, like, he lived in the dorm with his players while he was coaching at Bethune-Cookman University. That is unheard of for a football coach to live in the dorm with the players. Like, normally they're in their mansion somewhere. He said he lived in the dorm so he could keep track of his players, making sure they're going to class, doing their work. And I just thought that was super dope, man. Thought that was dope that he lived with them. He ended up losing his job later on, and he said that part of that, he thinks, was because they got a new president at the school, and she actually made him move out of the dorm, I guess, her like personal chef got his room in the dorm and it was just a whole big mess and he had to leave. And he said it was all downhill from there, but I think more coaches should do, should do that where they live in the dorm with their players and they are more hands-on like of what, or more in tune of what's going on over there. I don't know. I think, I think if we had more coaches like that, we wouldn't look at these coaches like they're only about their money and using these players. So to me, that was super dope. Another fact I learned in this interview was that he coached the women's basketball team while he was at Bethune, too. He was coaching the football team, and he coached the women's basketball team. Apparently, coached them to a championship. I've never heard of a coach being successful as a football coach and a basketball coach at the same damn time. Shout out to Future. So, to me, that was those were two interesting tidbits in that interview. I would, like I said, I encourage everybody to go check that out on YouTube. 
I'm gonna talk about um, Judas and the Black Messiah probably later on this week on another episode, the Fred Hampton story. I gotta watch that movie. Elvis is gonna give me his uh, HBO Max password, so when I do, I'm gonna come back on. I'm gonna talk about that. I want to talk about why you should focus more on buying a house than a new car. I don't even know what I got the idea for this, but something came to my mind over the past week where I don't know what it was. I was watching something. Maybe it was something where somebody had like a brand new car. And I don't know. It just made me think about why people should focus on the house more than the car. And to me, the biggest thing is a car. Once you leave the lot, it depreciates like the value goes down. So you know what it was? I know what it was now. I was watching one of these old rap videos. I think it was Jay-Z or somebody. And they're driving in like the old Lincolns and the Navigator or whatever. And I'm just like, yo, these cars don't look that good right now. Like we thought these cars were fly back then. 20 years later, they don't look good. And it's like, why would you like, they probably spent hundred thousand on these cars back then. And now they probably don't even have them. And that's why I say you should focus on the house more than the car. Because if you buy a house from 20 years, that's 20 years old. You bought a house 20 years ago. You're still most likely going to have that house. Or that house is still going to have the same value, if not more. It might have doubled than what you bought it. Whereas that car is never going to double. It's never going to go up in value. Unless it's one of them old school, like, classics. Those cars will go up in value. But look how many years it took. For the value of those cars to go up, you know, little chitty chitty bang bang probably wasn't worth hundred thousand dollars back in 1940. But, you know, now it is. But it takes a long time. And I don't think every car is like that. So to me, when these, when everybody feels like they got to get a new car, I just think y'all need to focus more on the house. Secure the property that's that you can pass down in your family. It's always going to hold its value. It doesn't matter. And that's the thing. The cool thing about houses is. It doesn't matter how old a house is. Like you see these houses from like the 1900s that sell for like millions. Like houses, man, houses are like the opposite of cars. They go up in value. Cars always go down. So to me, I know the car looks fly. It's flashy. But you just got to think about 20 years, 15, maybe 10 years from now. If you still have that car, you're not going to like it. It's kind of like a vacuum cleaner. I buy a vacuum cleaner or a TV. I'll go to like the store and I see this fly TV and I buy it maybe like three, $400. You go back to the store about two, three months and they already got like a newer version of that TV you just bought. And you're looking at it like, dang, I kind of want the newer one. That's how a car is. Like you're going to buy a car with all the bells and whistles and you're going to like see another car the next year. That's just a newer model of what you bought. And you're going to want that one. Like you're never going to be satisfied with what you got. Unless you're somebody who doesn't have high value, like doesn't place a high value on cars like that. Like I still drive a 2008 Chevy Cobalt. I put some money into it over the years, but I love my car still. Like I see some nicer cars, but I'm still happy with what I got. And I think when you buy a car, you got to think like that. Like, yeah, there's going to be nicer ones, but I will be happy with this car for 10 to 15 years because yeah, a car is not like a house. It's not going to, it's not going to last forever some point the car is going to go. So I understand having to upgrade and get a newer one, but you should never break the bank on a car. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Don't, don't spend like 30, 40,000 because it's just, bro, it's not going to hold up over the years, man. You're going to see something else you want. So I just think we got to be smarter like that, man. We got to be smarter with that. I always try to drop a little bit of gems, a little nuggets on here. So that's one of them. I think the last thing I want to talk about, I want to talk about Joe Budden's podcast going to Patreon. I think this is big. It's definitely going to shift the podcast game. It's going to, a lot of people are make their moves off of what Joe Budden's done in the past. So to me, I'm just fascinated by this. I've talked to you guys in the past about how I've watched his rants on Spotify. And when he talks about all these other companies, I'm always fascinated by what Joe Budden does. So to me, I want to see if he's successful with the Patreon thing. I want to see how it changes the podcast game. I think he can be successful just because Button has a strong base. He has a strong audience, fan base. My only worry with his fan base is a lot of younger people. I think with Patreon, 
he kept calling it Patreon too on the show. And I don't know if I'm pronouncing it wrong or if he is, but I think with Patreon, you have to have like an older listenership for them to really pay. Cause for those of you who don't know what Patreon is, it's basically a website where you can set up your own service where you put your own, your podcast on there and you, you do something special. Like you put extra episodes, you put bonus clips on and you put tiers of money that people can pay for this stuff. So for Joe buttons, it's a tier of $5 where you get like one extra podcast a month. Cause he's still recording the regular ones, but he's going to put extra ones on there. So you get one of those and then you get the clips. And then he has like a $10 tier where I think it's still one podcast, but more clips. And he has a $25 tier where you get two bonus episodes and a whole bunch of other stuff. And the thing about this, this is, this is the reason I think it might be a problem. This is a monthly subscription. So, you know, you pay that $5, you're paying $5 a month, $10 a month, 25 a month. That's a lot to pay for one podcast. Whereas you got something like a Netflix, you pay, I don't even know, is it 10, maybe 13 now? I don't know. I have somebody else's password, but you pay whatever that is, but you get so much stuff. So many different TV shows you can watch for just $15 or whatever they charge. Whereas Patreon there's so many different people on Patreon. You have Joe Budden on there. Um, Andrew Schultz is on there with his podcast, Flagrant, Flagrant 2. Um, my guy, Larry Reed Live. So you have so many different people you might want to listen to and get this bonus content. And that money adds up when you start wanting to pay for multiple. So that's my biggest like concern with Joe Budden going on there. Will, will he be able to still make a good amount of money doing it? Now I listened to Brilliant Idiots last week, and Andrew Schultz was saying he made nine. He makes ninety thousand a month. He says off of Patreon, which if it's, if that's true, that's insane. He said he's already, he's already gone over the million dollar mark, which bro ninety thousand, ninety thousand a month is crazy. So I'm thinking if Andrew Schultz makes ninety, Joe Budden should at least be able to make more than that because I feel like Joe Budden has a larger reach. Um, I think he has a strong base. I don't know how many listeners he's going to need for it to get to 90,000, but he also said he employs like 40 people. So I don't know what the overhead is, how much things cost, how much you got to pay out everybody. Are they on, are they on a salary? Like this is a lot of interesting things that we'll probably never know, but it will see. We'll, we'll eventually see if this works because if he's still doing it like two years from now, that means it worked. If he's not, it didn't. I listened to his podcast on the way home today and he talked a lot about it. And um, some of the things I gathered from it was just the freedom. They made him a content, um, a content equity person over there. So he's still getting money out in the company too. He has equity in there. And I think that's probably the biggest reason he went, but the subscription thing, I want to see if that works. Cause like I said, with the older fan base, I feel like you're more successful I know Larry Reed, Larry Reed definitely does good numbers on Patreon just because I watch his YouTube one. I watched the free one. I was watching the other night and it was like his birthday and you could hear all the money that people kept cash apping him. And I know his Patreon is strong. Like they do a weekend show. They do stock tips like his has a lot of stuff you can get from it. They do like prayers. He's like, he's a former preacher. So, you know, he also has an older base. He has a lot a lot of the older church people are in his base. And I always say, especially with the church people, those are probably the most loyal people because these are the people who tithe. They do 10% every week. So you got somebody like that, they're definitely going to pay for the Patreon where somebody like me or somebody who's 25, I don't know if they're going to be as loyal to Budden as Larry Reed's base is to him. But I see why he does it. I think there's going to be some competition with other companies, other people are going to start adjusting the way they do their business model with this. It could eventually become oversaturated with everybody going to Patreon. Cause I, like I said, a lot of people follow button and they follow what he does. So I think it wouldn't surprise me if we start seeing a lot more podcasts going to Patreon. And the problem with, I, I think my biggest problem with Patreon is it's a, uh, you're, you're, you're depending on your fans to pay to pay for your, basically your salary or your costs or whatever. And I just never thought like that. I've always been the type who, 
if I'm going to get money out of this podcast, I'd rather get it from an advertiser. An a- definitely an advertiser that I fuck with. But I'd rather get it from them and make them pay so they can advertise to my fans instead of trying to get the fans to pay for my production. Whereas I feel like the podcast should be a free thing and you should use it to monetize it however you do, which in Joe Budden's defense, he's still, it's still free. Like he's still doing the two regular episodes a week that are free. He's still on YouTube with it. He's still on all the apps. So he's just doing extra content and we'll see. We'll see how successful that is. I was like wondering, I know some people were wondering like, would I ever charge for my podcast? And I don't think I, I don't think I could ever see myself charging. I don't think I could ever see myself on Patreon. I, even if people were like, really like, oh, pushing me like, Hey, we want to donate. Bro, I just don't know. I don't think I just, I feel weird about asking people for money anyway. Like I'm the guy who could never do the call center job where you got to call people and ask them for money. Cause I'm just terrible at it. I'm the guy who's going to call them and be like, the minute they like give me some pushback, I'm like, you know what? I agree. It's, it's not worth this. So I could not see myself doing it. But what I could see myself doing is like if there was a brand like a Puma, Wawa, Goodwill, you know, Goodwill. I heard Goodwill is problematic. So maybe not them, but like Wawa, Puma, somebody I really like, Swiss Miss. If it was a brand like that that really liked my podcast and wanted to advertise, and maybe it was like you just do a single advertisement, kind of how Jerry Seinfeld used to do the comedians in cars um, getting coffee. I think it was, I think it was Lexus or somebody who sponsored that whole show. So if you, if I had somebody who sponsored the whole show, I could probably do something like that. But me reading, me reading uh, advertisements for companies I don't use, you're never gonna see me do that because if I don't believe in them, I'm not gonna try to push them on you. And I haven't seen Button do that either. And I think that's why he's going direct to consumer either. So he doesn't have to do that type of stuff, but man, it's a gamble. It's definitely a gamble. I definitely want to see where it goes in the future. I'm going to be monitoring it. I'm not sure, man. Not sure, but I will say, I mean, if, if somebody could be successful with it is Joe Budden. Joe Budden has changed the podcast game since he started. Like he came out, he was the first one to go to Spotify and have an exclusive deal there. He left Spotify. He said he left $30 million on the table because they wanted to own everything. Whereas when you're on Patreon, you own your, you still own all your stuff. You're still able to do things the way you want to do it. You just have more creative control. So I, I'm with him on that. Salute. Salute to him for that. And we'll just, you know, we'll keep watching. I'm going to, I think I'm going to end it on this. I thought I had more. I thought I could keep going. I'm tired. I'm hungry. I'm about to go eat a struggle meal. Shout out to the Salisbury steak. Give me a bomb. Shout out to the Salisbury steak. Dominique was hating on my Salisbury steak the other day when we were texting. And I had to remind her, fam, you put tilapia on the microwave. You can't talk about me. So I'm going to go eat a struggle meal. I'm going to end this episode. I Like I said, I didn't really want to do too many topics today. I do have topics written down. Get back to those another day. I just kind of wanted to come on here and rant for a little bit. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the rant. If you didn't, I'm going to give you another episode by the end of the week. Hold me to it. I've been slacking. I don't know if I'm going to make that 52 by the end of the year. I ain't going to lie. I need to have 52 episodes done by March 30th. because That's when I started this podcast last year. Not sure I'm going to make it. And I'm not counting throwbacks. Not counting throwbacks because to me, that's cheating. So I need 52 original episodes. Uh, This is my 40th episode. We'll see how it goes. I'm going to end this this show with uh, D Smoke. He won that hip hop show that was on Netflix. Really dope rapper. I bought his album. He has a song called Fly. It's more in the vein of that black history theme. I'm trying to do this month. Like everything I'm playing is going to be black. So if you ain't with the black shit, don't come on this. Don't come till about, don't come back and listen till about March. All right. March, we'll get back to normal, but we're doing the black stuff for the rest of February. Sorry, I'm getting off to a slow start for this Black History Month, but I'm going to try to make it up. Still don't know when I'm going to get Kenya in studio. 
I'm doing another Goody Mob one, though. I'm going to do... I will do Age Against the Machine review before this year is over. Or, I'm sorry, before this month is over. And, yeah, we'll get Kenya in at some point. And when I get Kenya here, we're going to do, like, two episodes. I'm going to make him stay for two. Maybe I have more women on, too. I know it's always nice to have a women's perspective, so we might get might get some more women on. Look, look out for that. But I'm going to play this D Smoke song. It's called Fly. It's featuring uh, Davion Ferris. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Just wanted to give y'all something a little light midway through the week. It's Keeping It Real with Jerry Lawrence. I'll be back later. Are we flying? Are we lifting? Are we soaring against the wind? Are we different? Are we rocking? Are we rolling? Are we doing the shit we dreamed of indulging? Are we out? We see it, a part of our own achievements Applauded by enemies and made fans of our disbelievers Damn, I'm a different breed Lift my hands and extend my reach Kiss my grandma and bend my knees Thank the Lord for the gift of peace I'm just getting started though One day I'll be where the dearly departed go We all got that appointment with the man upstairs I'm just trying to shed these layers like an artichoke Meanwhile, I dodged the horrors of my horoscope. Made it dope, made it honest, studied like Urkel, kept my little large ones low. The wind blows in my direction, I follow well and spread my wings. And move on to better things it brings. Are we flying? Are we lifting? Are we soaring against the wind? Are we different? Are we rocking? Are we rolling? Are we doing the shit we dreamed of indulging? Are we on? Siento que ahora es el tiempo Ignoro lo negativo Escucho la voz adentro Mis padres son orgullosos No porque hablo loco Solo porque su hijo da diamantes en trozos so I remember when I didn't have it all Putting clothes on layaway at shopping malls Now I eat off publishing and tour dates Cause I started grinding till the goods came Wake up every day next to the girl of my dreams Only need one woman when you got you a queen And she got her own, don't need no shopping sprees When we converse, we talk about buying properties yeah. Go-getters, yeah, we all win this whole crew Gold diggers, what we said, no, we gon' do We be making waves until we cease it Looking around like bro, can you believe it? We really Are we flying? Are we lifting? Are we soaring against the wind? Are we different? Are we rocking? Are we rolling? Are we doing the shit we dreamed of indulging? Are we on? ahead in our leg of the relay are we doing the shit that when we finish they gonna replay are we really winning like a million dollars on sweepstakes only inglewood nigga and world on wheels no cheapskate beefsteak digested with ease hate don't fester with these talents no klepto could thieve bite off my sandwich indeed i got an appetite for the afterlife yeah that's why i search for heaven every time i grab the mic savage like a wild pack of coyotes it's bad advice if they told you to challenge this nigga ain't no slack in my mac and i never let off the pedal i'm dragon fight and i'm here to be that nigga on my life yeah. I flying are we lifted are we soaring against the wind are we different are we rocking are we rolling are we doing the shit we dreamed of indulging are we all Yeah.